How good's a Friday? So Ben, this is Bunty of Fourth, I'm waiting for Warriors. I hope you're doing well, brother. There is Sean Stevenson, the step breaking Stevenson. Out the back, Bergen, out wide. Good sir. North Dutch score out wide, fantastic try. Oh yes, boy. Yeah, g'day, silly talk sports, Rita here. Hey guys, Surly here, back once again for your Friday to absolutely chew your ears off. And boy, am I fizz today. She's Freedom Day, about fucking time. The old COVID restrictions have finally eased a little. And boy, does that have me firing on all cylinders to well and truly rip and tear on the weekend coming. The gyms are back open, your local pub is back open. Boy, can't wait to wrap my lips around a fresh Darren Froffy and nothing hits quite the same as tap beer. Then move in to the old plumber's PlayStation, a few taps. Boy, have I missed those things. Donate to grassroots sport and feel bloody good in doing so, losing every penny chasing the jackpot. Boy, will that be big fizz. And can't wait to rip in, because boy, do we deserve it. Episode 27, gonna talk some God's game. She's down to double digits until the mighty Waz play and God's game gets underway, so that's huge fizz. Then we're gonna talk some NFL. Things are really heating up over there, and to be honest, there's not a lot else happening. Then we'll talk the old Magic Multi, as per usual, and then, of course, everyone's favourite segment, the old Q&A. So let's rip in. Right, God's game, and she was a big week off the paddock, the biggest scandal yet to hit the off-season finally emerged, and to be fair, she wasn't really a scandal, she was more a bit of a tell-all interview, and boy did this take the mainstream media and the rugby league community by storm. And of course, in case you've been living under a rock, you would have been well and truly aware of what's gone on. Old hectic cheese Brandon Smith sat down with Isaac John and the boys at YKTR Sports for a bit of an update in terms of how things are going in his off-season. Of course, he's one of the hottest recruits. Every club out there pretty much is chasing to get him to sign on the dotted line for 2023. So he did a bit of a sit-down to update the audience on how things are tracking and boy, did we get more than we bargained for in typical cheese fashion and you gotta love him for it. The guy speaks from his heart, he has no filter and he just tells it how he sees it and if you haven't listened, she's a bloody good podcast and I highly recommend you go and check it out. He talks through all the clubs that have offered him, what they've kind of done to try and win him over which is bloody interesting stuff if you're a league fan and then perhaps the thing that got him in the most hot water is he went on a bit of a spiel about the Roosters and how he would love to play for that team. And to be fair, part of me can see where the critics come are coming from, but it's only a very small part of me. The rest of me, I think, is just media jealousy. And look, the stories have blown up. The NRL media has really taken it and ran with it. They've said that the cheese has pretty much come out and said he wants to play for the Roosters, that it's extremely disrespectful, and that he really is taking the piss out of the Storm Club. I think even one journey went as far as counting his swear words, 61 F-bombs and a couple C-bombs, that is really low grade stuff 
from that journo. And look, as I mentioned before, I do agree with one part of it. I think the cheese got a little bit carried away when talking about the Roosters and how he can see himself winning a premiership in that jersey and tearing up. I do think the timing is the main issue there, though. Slightly wrong. I think he should have informed Melbourne before he came out and made those statements. If you think of it this way, the club is paying him. They are his employer. You probably don't want to hear that you're losing a player via a podcast and have the public find out at the same time as you. But to be fair to him, that's probably all that you can fault the bloke on. Shit, I love listening to him talk. He's bloody entertaining and he's just one of us. A real character and a larrikin. And boy, does he love the game. And shit, does the Roosters sound like a great gig. They really turned it on. Golf, beers, seafood for dinner, round at the coach's house. Fuck me, you're only human if you're signing that contract. Plus, pretty well knowing that the Roosters have a pretty big salary cap and they can make things happen off the field for you as well. So no doubt that was highly appealing for the cheese. But a bloody interesting interview. I think guys like Buzz and Kenty and that absolutely losing it from Fox and the likes, purely out of jealousy in my opinion. They're just pissed off that they didn't get the scoop. And how can you blame the players to be fair? These media organisations are always going out of their way to find dirt on these blokes and bring them down. So good on the cheese for taking matters into his own hands and using a platform that he feels comfortable with to tell his side of the story and his news. So bloody interesting stuff. Hopefully that sets us up for future interviews like that. It's bloody interesting hearing players talk about things behind the scenes. And again, full credit to the cheese. Slight slip up in terms of not informing the storm, but that is content that I absolutely want to see. So it appears the cheese... He will be at the Roosters in 2023. Wouldn't be surprised if the Storm let him go early for 2022. Rumours are they're not very happy with him, although they did come out and make a statement saying he would be leaving the club at the end of 2022. So perhaps they're just choosing to ignore it, except his apology that he made on social media as well, which is bloody hats off to him there. And he's a unreal player so you think they would want to keep him in the rank but interesting times at the Melbourne Storm and interesting times for the cheese boy that Roosters side is going to be absolutely stacked in 2023 looking at a spine possibly with the likes of Tedesco Sammy Walker Luke Carey and then Brandon Smith that is unreal chucking guys like Angus Crichton Victor Radley Joey Manu in the mixer that is an impressive 17 and boy I don't know about you but seeing Radley and the cheese go at it hammer and tongs every game just trying to take blokes head off screams rugby league footy to me so I'm fizz for that good on your cheese mate and hopefully there's a bigger scandal next week and no doubt the heat will move off his shoulders then Another big news, the Warriors, they've made two big signings this week, or actually one re-signing and one new signing via a loan. The re-signing, Wade Egan, our starting hooker, old Egan Park, he put pen to paper and extended his deal until 2024, which is bloody interesting, because old Peter O'Sullivan, he came out and said Egan would just be signing short-term one-year deals, but now that he's gone, and it appears the club has well and truly washed their hands with him. But they've now looked to lock up Wade a bit longer, which is good to see. Not many hookers left on the market after this year, I would 
would still love to see us chase after Uppy Coruscant. I think he comes off contract at the end of next season. He would be a great signature, but we have to keep in mind that we're going to be based back in Auckland most likely in 2023, and only a certain amount of Aussie blokes will be willing to travel and move their life across the ditch. So a good signing. He's bloody consistent, old Egan. Huge on D. Would love to see him run a bit more, but hey, you can't have it all. And the bloke makes over 40 tackles a game most weeks, so that was a huge addition. And then another one which has got me really fizz, the Broncos. They have loaned us for next season. Young Jesse Arthurs, 23 years old, born in Auckland as well. So huge fizz, a bit of a local touch there coming back into the Warriors system. If you're unfamiliar with young Jesse, he's pretty bloody versatile to be fair. He can play fullback, winger, and centre, and I think that centre position is where we are targeting to use him next year. He's lightning quick, he can score a try, he started 11 games in the centres for the Bronx last year, scored 5 meaties, so that's not a bad strike rate, and we could well and truly use that weapon in our arsenal. I think to start the season, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the centres, Ewan Aiken in the forward pack until Tohu Harris comes back around May. I think they're predicting from that ACL injury and we shouldn't rush him back. I think he'll be our skipper eventually, but we got to take our time with old Tohu because you have to think he's probably one more big injury or even concussion for that matter away from calling it a day. So I think that's what we'll roll out with early doors. So exciting times. Bloody good to have young Jesse in the mixer. And boy, are we really shaping for 2022. The depth is starting to look bloody impressive. And boy, does that have me excited. Only 99 days till the boys lace up the boots and trot out with that Warriors emblem on their left tit. If that doesn't get you up and about, I do not know what does. 97 days till God's game. Penrith versus Manly on day one. How fucking good is rugby league? Right, moving on to the old NFL now. And she was a big week of footy last week. Of course, the old Thanksgiving games dominated the TV screens. The Lions, they remained winless. Went down to the Chicago Bears with a late bedshit in that one. Looked like they were going to come away with the win. Not to be. Probably kept the Bears coach, old Matt Nagy, with a job as well. So no doubt huge fizz from him there. Then following that, the Raiders, they got a good win over the Cowgirls in OT. And some other big results, the Bengals, they pumped the Steelers. The Dolphins pumped the Panthers. Patriots, absolute clinic against the Titans. Boy, are they shaping up as a heck of a team. Young Mac Jones. He can throw the old pigskin. The Buccaneers, they had a good little comeback win against the Colts, and they're well and truly in the mixer as expected. Niners an important win, as were the Packers, the Rams, on a little bit of a mini slump at the moment. Although good to see Odell Beckham back in the mixer with a nice little touchdown, which is always good to see. Love watching him, especially when he was at his prime. Unfortunately, my team, the Browns, they went down to the loser Ravens, so that was a tough pill to swallow. But hey, on to next week we roll and the boys are still pretty injury depleted. Which leads us through 
to the first game. She kicks off at 2.20 today. The Saints taking on the Cowboys. That'll be a goodie. I think Alvin Kamara's back for the Saints, so that's a massive addition because, boy, has their offense looked pretty woeful, to say the least, without their star running back. Other key games for me... I'm going to be keeping an eye on that Bengals-Chargers game. Joey Burrows versus Young Herbert. The one and two picks from last year's draft. So that'll be bloody entertaining stuff. Love seeing those two go at it. And I'm a big Herbert fan as well. So that should be entertainment galore. The Rams, they have a chance to right their wrongs and get a win against the Jaguars. Get a tick back in the dub column. So no doubt they'll be looking to do that. Seahawks-Niners should be a beauty. And then Bills-Patriots. That one's on Tuesday, 2.15 kickoff. That is bums on seats material. Josh Allen and the Bills, fresh off a big, big win up against Mac Jones and the Patriots. Arguably the form side of the comp at the moment. If that doesn't scream bums on seats, I do not know what does and how good is a bit of NFL footy. Right, time for a bit of Test Match Cricket updates, and boy, that first Test, she finished at the start of the week, and boy, did she go down to the wire. New Zealand taking on India, of course, over there in India, tough conditions, to say the least, and boy, what a roller coaster of a Test Match this one was. India shot out to a bit of a lead, New Zealand fought back and were in the mixer, then it looked like we could be on for a win, then we had an absolute mare in the second innings, a real middle order collapse which had us in sixes and sevens and the boys were well and truly in defence mode, trying desperately to hold on and hold on we did by the skin of our teeth, Ravindra Probably the saviour of the day on debit boat as well. The bloke faced 91 balls for 18 runs. He was an absolute blocking machine, which is exactly what we need to see us through. And talk about saved by the bell. This was saved by bad light because the light deteriorated to the point where the game was called off just short, no time left on the clock, and she finished with a famous draw, New Zealand holding on with just one wicket to spare. It was disappointment for the Indians, it must be said, but full credit to them. They actually did take the draw pretty well, and New Zealand hung on in dramatic circumstances. Our last two batsmen managed to see through 52 balls as the Indian spinners, they applied the blowtorch and really tried to finish the job, but it just wasn't to be. Bloody impressive shift from those tailenders, and then it was rather fitting in the end that she was a draw. It was an impressive test, like I mentioned, a real roller coaster. Either side had opportunities to win it, neither could put their foot on the throat. And in the end, the draw probably the fitting result, which sets us up for a series deciding test in Mumbai, which is bloody exciting stuff. Adding an extra element to this is the Black Caps looking to get their first ever series win in India. So rumours are the Mumbai pitch should be a pretty different one to what we saw in the last test. So it'll be interesting to see if New Zealand make a few changes to their lineup. But hey, 
you'll have to wait until 5pm tonight to see if that's the case. I'll be watching the toss in particular. As you know, I'm a huge advocate of win the toss, win the game. So hopefully Captain Kane can get out there, toss himself within an inch of his life, call it correctly and look to set the tone early doors. So if you're a test match cricket purist, then settle in because the next five days should be bloody riveting stuff. And hopefully the mighty Caps in their all-white outfit can get the job done and celebrate a massive series win on Indian soil. So up the mighty caps and up the test cricket. Nothing better than to sink your teeth into some caps on a Friday Arvo to kick off the weekend sport. Right, time for the old magic multi now. And as per usual, gone with some NFL head-to-head, some NBA head-to-head, and then a couple ponies to round her out. First up, I've got the Indianapolis Colts head-to-head against the Texans. I think they'll actually thrash them, though, so you could go 13-plus there on that one if you wanted. Just gone head-to-head to play it safe. Then I've gone the Cardinals to beat the Bears, the Tampa Bay Bucks to beat the Falcons, and the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Detroit Lions. Pretty confident in all four of those, but who fucking knows with the NFL this year? She's been bloody unpredictable, I must say. Then for your Sati NBA, I've gone with the Jazz to beat the Celtics head-to-head, the Warriors to beat the Suns. I think they'll bounce back. Booker, looks like he's going to be out of the mixer, and I don't expect Curry to have another night like that with the shooting ever again, so I'm going to back the Warriors to be too strong in that one, and up the mighty Waz, and then Pacers versus the Heat, I think the Pacers could get this one actually, Bam Adebayo, he's now out for six weeks, the Heat in sixes and sevens, but I'm going to take the Pacers on an alternate line of plus 10, just to try and play her a little bit safer, then for the old ponies, Rosehill, Race one, Nikki's fling. Old Rachel King's on board. She's the market mover at the moment. Loves a soft track, which it's looking like it's going to be. Nine starts for three wins and two places. Paying it five fifty on the nose for the win. Dollar eighty for the place. I've chucked her in there for the place again. Going conservative. Why the fuck not? And then to round her out at Packenham, I've gone with old Smoking Romans, number eight in race seven. Jamie Carr, she's back in the mixer aboard this thing, and it looks like a real threat. The blinkers are on it, but Ned's reckons it can suit. Eight starts for three wins on a good track. She's two from two at this distance and two from one at this course. Say fucking less. $1.65 to place, three sixty on the nose for the win. I'm backing her all the way in. Bit of a revenge ride for old Jamie. Going the big lift there. $10 on that multi pays a respectable $385. Round that up. Danny Doolins, you have to be seated, unfortunately, but I'm sure once Robbie Williams' angels comes blasting out over the speakers, they'll make exemptions, because who can stay seated through that fucking banger? Bears are on you if that one comes through. How fucking good. And up the magic multi. Right, time for everybody's favourite segment, the old Q&A. The first one comes firing through via the old Instagram from our Perth correspondent, the the great Rania Gifford, and he says, who's organising the trip to Magic Round? And shit, that is a great question. Of course, the old NRL Magic Round 
does look like a bloody barnstorm over a weekend and shit would I love to rip and tear over there in Brisbane. She's a jam-packed schedule as well. The Warriors playing on the Saturday, the 14th of May. They're taking on the Bunnies, 5pm, Arvo footy in the Brisbane sun. Doesn't get much better than that. So shit, look Rana mate, I know you're not much of an organiser, more of a follower, but last time I went to a steam up, you organised old Xavier, an eight-year-old, was banging beers on day two. So I think you could be the man of the job, mate. Make it happen. Hopefully she's quarantine-free by then, surely. And we could fly over, maybe a private Warriors plane, and get Suncorp Stadium absolutely rocking for the mighty Warriors, boys. So cheers for your question there, Rans. Make it happen, mate. Would love to come across, get a few blokes into me, and cheer on the boys for Magic Round. Eight games at the same venue across three days. That is God's game at its finest. Right, next up, she's not really a question, more of a statement or a suggestion, you could say, but it comes through from the North Shore Tigers AFL Instagram account. I do think this could be the great flying Fijian Andrew Suku, and he says, fuck, we should have booked lunch at Doolin's and done the potty live with an exclamation mark. And look, that statement definitely is worthy of an exclamation mark. Not huge on chucking them out there unless they really are a fucking top-notch statement, but that definitely is one of those. So exclamation mark needed there. And look, a great suggestion and shit. That's definitely got to be on the old bucket list before I cark it to do a live potty at the great venue of Danny Doolin's. What an absolute scene that would be. Park up in Culture Corner, go live, bang it out. Pleasure the Doolin's punters with some punishing chat and then just absolutely rip and tear from there. Get the band to kick her off early doors. Maybe the band could even play the Surly Talk Sports intro live. That would be huge fizz. And then about our works we go. Wonderwall. Mr. Brightside, the usual songs blurring out the speakers, that would be huge. So maybe one day I'll get the call up to the people at Danny Doolin's, Big Doolin's as I like to call them. No doubt you're listening, let's make it happen. How good's a Friday and how fucking good would it be live at Danny Doolin's? Right, your next question, she's actually one from last week's pod, but I recorded her a little earlier, and this one didn't make the cutoff, and it says, are you a fan of punting? And if so, what was your most memorable win? And look, to be fair, to say I'm a fan of punting would be a bit of an understatement. I think I'm definitely on the TAB's Christmas card list. Unfortunately, made a lot more donations than withdrawals, but hey... Life's more fun when you've got something on it, and life is a gamble, you gotta roll the dice, so definitely a big fan of the punts, love having a lick on almost anything to be fair, most memorable wins, shit myself, probably the old Melbourne Cup this year, the old Searles here in Fenuapai, we absolutely cleaned up on Very Elegant, which was huge fizz, and also got my fair share of the trifecta, so that was a great day. Probably the best punt I've been involved with, though, old Azatatna, good friend of the show, he had a big $5 
into two and a half grand win on the old Major League Baseball. Knows fucking nothing about the sport, but just rolled the dice, a true magic multi, and boy did that come in, that was big fizz. And then my other best win was probably the magic multi on the show, maybe a couple months back. Turned the cheeky tenor into $700 of the best. So that was huge fizz. And it's always good when a tip comes through that you've blasted out onto the airwaves. So cheers for the question there. Love a luck on the punt. And up yours to the tea and biscuits. Absolutely done a number on me over lockdown. But I can feel a changing in the tides. And we're going to win the multi this week. And assert our dominance get back onto top mount and well and truly ram it home. So cheers for the question and enjoy your fucking freedom weekend. And then your final question, have to finish on a barnstormer as per usual, comes through in the old DMs because it's too long for the question box and these ones always bring a smile to my dial straight away because you know she's going to be a ripper. And it says, hi Surly, long time listener, first time question asker. On a scale of one to grouse, Mickey Mouse, how good will that first soul beer taste when we get back to Culture Corner? Go well. How good's a Friday, Tazza? And look, huge fizz from you there, Taz. And fuck me, just reading that question absolutely got me up and about. Danny Dolans, of course, they were the trendsetters. They lead the way. Last night, midnight, on the dot, they opened those beautiful doors and inflowed the punters, ready to rip. And no doubt, I have it on great accounts that it was an absolute beauty of a Thursday night, Friday morning. So that's huge fizz. And boy, I just can't wait to be back into Culture Corner. Hopefully old Azza's mate's on the door. You get to roll in free door charge. That always kicks off the night with a bang. And then straight to the bar, eight souls, four in each hand, down to Culture Corner. Make your way through the masses She's normally a bit sweaty and it can be a bit fiery pushing your way through the crowd. People are pretty protective of their spots in Danny Doolins, especially trying to get through the dance floor once that band is in full swing. But you push your way through down to Culture Corner. There might be already a little group of losers there. You fuck them off. You assert your dominance and you set up for one of the great nights. Then just as you're establishing yourself, you look up to the band. The old drummer who's there every week, he gives you a wink. He knows you're in the mixer. He recognises your face. There's no feeling better. And then bang, out through the speakers comes Robbie Williams' Angels. And off we go. The rest of the night is history, as they like to say. So huge fizz there. Can't wait for some souls. No doubt, Tazza, you'll be in the mixer as well. Loves a culture corner send. And fuck me, it doesn't get much grouser than that. Great question, Taz. See you this weekend, no doubt. Right, that's all we have time for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, a big up yours from me as per usual. I'm about to go out there, get amongst this freedom, head off to the old gym, and then hopefully down to the local to get a few cold ones in me and enjoy me Friday afternoon. So that was early talk sports for this week. Go well and enjoy it. How fucking good.